0: My name is Janet Allen.
1: Thank you very much. Okay. And, um, what, what do you do
0: at the house? Uh, well, I volunteer for things, including helping with the book sale.
2: Everyone tells
0: us you're the saviour of this
1: house. No, I know they go on
0: about that. <laughs> you don't have to believe everything people tell you.
1: <laughs> I, think, I think we might believe this one. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs>
0: can you tell me what was so important
2: about saving this house or why was it so important to you?
0: Because when I walked in the front door and it was in very bad condition, there were great cracks running through the walls and all that stuff it still felt a welcoming lovely house in spite of that and it's still got that same atmosphere today and that's what people like about it so much more the, the, the historic importance of it is obviously you know That is important, and uh, the connections that it has, and the the quality of the architecture. But I think, above everything else, it's the atmosphere. Mm. I've only ever met two people who didn't like it. Who were they? I shan't say. (laughs) (laughs) They're not
2: worth talking about. No! Welcome to Bonnets to Dawn, a literary podcast that is a deep dive into the lives of female authors like Jane Austen, the Bronte sisters, and Elizabeth Gaskell. I am your host, Lauren Burke, Team Bronte.
1: And I am your host, Hannah Chapman, Team Austin.
2: And, and this, this week, week, we're both, we're both team, team Gaskell. 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 We tried. We tried. <laughs> uh, so but we are. It's true.
1: Last December, guys, we answered a call on Twitter from Gaskell House looking for interns. And we said to them, we accept us for a week. And they actually agreed to Lauren's crazy scheming. And it could not <laughs> have been any more welcoming to just a pair
2: of weirdos from the internet. It's a true story. I still can't believe it happened. Um, so for those of you that do not know... Elizabeth Gaskell's house. It's, uh, it's in Manchester, 84 Plymouth Grove to be exact. It's just a mile away from the city center. And it was built somewhere between 1835 and 1841. Now, Elizabeth and her family lived there between 1850 and 1865. And it is where she wrote her novels, including Cranford, Ruth, our favorite North and South, yeah, Wives and daughters, and, of course, your favorite. the wife of Charlotte Bronte. Yes. <laughs>
1: <laughs> now, Elizabeth Gaskell was quite the entertainer. She had many famous guests coming to visit. Some of them you'll hear about in this episode, like Charles Halley, Charlotte Bronte, John Ruskin, and Harriet Beecher Stowe.
2: So the house, just, you know, close your eyes and picture it. It's a um, square. Regency style villa and it's got these like Grecian, you know, style columns and a very lovely garden where Elizabeth um, would, you know, go outside and enjoy some gardening without a bonnet, which is quite scandalous. I know, right? Um, It's not too big and it's not too small. And in fact, a lot of people, including us, (laughs) walk in there and we just go, yes. This is the perfect size mansion for me. (laughs) Yes, (laughs) I can. I can manage a a, like a giant house, but it's not too giant. Just like this one. Um, Now, if you go there today and want to, you know, take a look around, what you'll see on display is William Gaskell's study. The dining room, the drawing room, the morning room. There's like the hall. And um, I believe. The kitchen or, like, the cellar, Mm -hmm. maybe it was the cellar instead. That's now, you know, the cafe. And you can also go upstairs. Um, Most of the rooms upstairs are now, like, office space, but there is also an exhibition space up there as well. So, yeah, that's what you can expect if you go to Elizabeth Gaskell's house. Now, um, we visited in December, like Hannah said, and I think immediately – What we wanted to know from the terrific staff of volunteers there was, what was their favorite room? Like, where should we start? So we've asked them, they've answered, and now you're gonna hear it.
0: I think I enjoy the drawing room, Mm -hmm. particularly because i remember it as it was before we started and the contrast is so enormous you know it gives particular pleasure to see that so
2: now what is your favorite
0: room in the house oh my
3: favorite room in the house um i think i'd have to say say the study um i just think it's so beautiful all the old books and you can touch everything in there um, I'm never tall enough to reach the tallest shelf but you you know the options there um, and I'm at the front desk a lot so I always listen into to what the volunteers are saying mm-hmm. um, and there are such interesting stories every volunteer has a different take on it and um, William Gaskell was a really inspiring man so um, it's really nice to be in his space and his environment. Mm-hmm. And if, you if you had could... to pick one story that you've heard a volunteer saying oh, about the study? Um, I, I really like. I'm really interested in um, William Gaskell as a Unitarian. I'd never heard of Unitarianism before, mm-hmm. um, before volunteering here. But it's just such an interesting lifestyle and way of living. Um, they were so philanthropic, and yeah, just um, all about his Unitarian side. That I really like
2: that. Now, what's your favorite room in the house? The study. Okay. <laughs> What I about love, the study? I love William. <laughs> I love the story of
4: William. Well, I love telling the story of William.
2: Okay, um, tell us the
4: story of William. <laughs> um, well, just again, it comes back to you know his amazing role in Manchester and, um, and learning about the Unitarian Church, mm-hmm. which before there were political parties that really represented working people and their aspirations. Um, the churches did a lot of that, and Unitarians are very much about that, self-improvement through education and opportunity. Um, so um, and he just the little bits one picks up about him from letters and stories and things it's just that he was just um, a wonderfully kind um, supportive funny person Mm -hmm. Um, and um, they had this amazingly modern marriage which in a way which is also interesting to talk about the fact they had separate holidays and they're teasing each other and they sort of Sort of distance themselves from each other's foibles, as you were doing, you would do today. Um, so, and the fact that he had that fantastic study where he liked to lock himself away, like a man shed. Mm. And Mrs. Gaskell had to sort of perch on the fireplace or the table or in the in the pantry in the serving room to write, um, which um, explains why she went away to write quite often. But, right. um, and a lovely picture of him that's usually in the study, mm-hmm. showing such a wise, kind face. Mm-hmm. And they sort of say that if there'd been an archbishop in the Unitarian Church in Britain, he would have been it, because he was so well thought of.
5: Now, everyone says the study, and yes. it, it is a, a lovely room, but I actually love the hall and the stairs, and I love sitting on the stairs, actually. Um, mm-hmm. If I'm waiting for a delivery or doing a bit of social media on my phone, I sit mm-hmm. on the stairs, and it's just a nice... I feel part of the house. I feel like people would have done that, and it's you, you get a lovely view down and a lovely view up. So, yes, I'll go with the hall and the stairways.
6: I like the dining room the most. Do you? The dining room is my favorite, I think, just because I know so much more about it compared to other rooms. Oh no, I love What's the drawing
1: room. Best dining <laughs> room, back <laughs> to <laughs> the best drawing room. room.
6: That's good. <laughs> um, so, in the dining room, we have uh, photocopied letters from like original letters from Charlotte Bronte and Charles Dickens to um, Elizabeth Gaskell. Mm -hmm. Um, There used to be a a writing set that she had in there and one of the other volunteers, Mike, used to always describe it as a 19th century version of a laptop. Yeah. Yeah. It was quite heavy as well, so you think about the amount of travelling that she's done and everything like that and had to take it with her because she did complete part of North and South while she was in Paris, I believe.
7: Well, you've asked me to say uh, which is my favourite room in the house. It's really yes. quite difficult because they're all sort of special, mm-hmm. have their own quality. Um, I suppose I spend most time in this, the drawing room, and really, I suppose it it is. If I had to choose one as a favourite, it would be this because it's it's a family room. It's very very comfortable. But the thing that's so great about it is is all the different people that have been here like we were talking the other week about Charlotte Bronte and everybody Mm -hmm. knows about Heidi Mind and so on and obviously Charlotte but also Dickens Thackeray the endless people that came and talked in this room and it still sends shivers down my spine sort of the thought of them being there, and you sort of start talking about it a bit, and you thought, well, you know, they were actually in this room, you know, Charlotte and Elizabeth Polite were like, well, where were we, we were standing, and we know that they looked out of the window and all that. And it's the room that struck, when the family first came, it was the room that struck them as light and airy, and all our visitors come in, and even on a gloomy day like this, express pleasure at the lightness and spaciousness of the room, and the sort of the, the gentle, welcoming feel it has.
1: So I think my favorite room in Gaskell's house was the study. And I feel like a betrayer saying that because um, everyone says that. Ev- one, everyone says it. <laughs> Two, it was William's room. You know. Yeah. And it's where he mm-hmm. went to write. But it was it was this really small, warm space, and I think that. The, the real surprise for me was learning about uh, William Gaskell. Like I knew, I kind of knew that I was going to love Elizabeth Gaskell's house, like especially after reading North and South and everything. And it was kind of amazing to learn that she had this uh, incredible support by her side, someone who challenged her and fought for her yeah. and with her. And also just the, the little recording of the Lancashire dialect, I I thought it was endlessly creepy, Mm -hmm. endlessly creepy, but I spent so much time trying to get a good recording of it that it was haunting my dreams a little bit. And I love that Annie, (laughs) I love that Annie Swinnerton portrait hanging above the fireplace. Oh, that's
2: great. That's, that was a great story too, actually.
1: Now we did talk about it in our road trip diaries, but I will say that when, um, William Gaskell had been the chair of the Portico Library Society, I think that's what his title would have been, uh, for 30 years they commissioned a portrait and the, the kind of the joke here is that they went with Annie Swinerton who went on to become the first female artist in the Royal Academy, is that right? Yes. That is right, and they waited until she was in her seventies to kind of bestow this honor on her. And instead of sending them her like most prized work, she just sent them loads of her. It's it's like someone saying to Jane Austen, "You're going to be in the Writers Hall of Fame," and her just sending them her juvenilia and being like, "Okay, yeah. here you go. This is what you can Here's have." Some
2: childhood drawings I did. Yeah, so here just you go.
1: <laughs> just in everything, like it it was just like. Yeah, I don't know. I just I wonder what I wonder what Elizabeth Gaskell's life had been like if she had been married to someone who wasn't
2: her her equal intellectually. He was her equal yeah. intellectually. You know? Yeah, he was great. I think that first day in the study, we immediately um spoke to one of the volunteers who didn't want to go on the record with us. No. <laughs> she didn't want to be taped, but that's okay. She's like, use all this information. It's totally fine. Um But one of the stories that she told us, and it may have come up during our North and South recap, but it definitely bears repeating, is that Elizabeth, um, you know, when she published The Life of Charlotte Bronte, she knew that there was going to be quite a backlash to that book. And um, she definitely just was like, here you go, William, take care of this. I'm going to go travel. Like, doesn't leave a forwarding address. It's just like, I got to go. Yeah. And there's this huge backlash. To the book, um, he basically had to make the corrections, like because he's like, my <laughs> wife is, you know, overseas. Unclear. <laughs> yeah. And um, but he was just loving and supportive and like, well, you know what? She needs her time. She needs her space. She doesn't want to deal with this. I'll deal with it. It's fine. And I was like, oh
1: my god. <laughs> and also another thing. What that's a marriage. Really cool about this the the study is just as a, as a counterpoint to where Elizabeth is writing. So by seeing William's kind of private area because he was the man, he got this little spot. It really shows you the comparison of Elizabeth writing at that dining room table just in the house, in the main thoroughfare of the servants and her family. And she can just be stopped at a moment's notice. She doesn't have room where she can just go into and close the door. And she still manages to write Northern Style, And she still manages to write Mary Barton. And she still manages to, to write. And yeah, she goes on her holiday to do it. But it's almost like, she's she's cooler because she doesn't have that space and i think that having the study is as the male domain at the front of the house and like this was where he would decide whether or not people went back there and then it's like elizabeth gaskell has her little secret door out into the garden where she can just go and not wear her bonnet it's almost like to get her you need the contrast of of the male life you know and i just Mm -hmm. I i love how much the study kind of throws that into light for me
2: yeah And it's a great room, too, because you can touch everything Yeah, all the books. You know, you can just feel free. (laughs) Yes. To just bring them down off the shelves and um, flip through them. And yeah, it's a great little space. Um, I think in contrast, my favorite room, this was hard, but I'm going to go with the dining room because that is um, where Elizabeth wrote. You can go there. You can sit like where she wrote, like looking out at the garden Um, And you can feel sort of your back to the hallway and like hear Mm -hmm. the doorbell ringing and hear all the noise in the hall and like totally imagine like what it must have been like for her when she's like trying to get down some chapters. Um, But it's also like it's just a very interesting space. There's a portrait of William Gaskell's mother in there and she's a very interesting figure. She was actually... A maid and William Gaskell's father like met her in the stairs, like at a like just someone's home and just like saw her and fell in love with her and helped educate her and married her. And yeah, I think his, that you know list lends something to his story and sort of like, yeah, just how interesting like, he was. Um, but yeah, it's just it's a great space. Right now, there's also a little, little writing desk and then there's like a little pin, like a quill pin, and you can sort of like hear the scratching of the yeah. pen which funny story don't kill us gaskell house um oh my gosh remember that one day we went in and we were the only ones there mm. the house was closed and we opened the door and i left the box open overnight <laughs> and so we could just we walked in and we just heard pen scratching like someone was writing and it was dark oh my gosh and we were like this room is haunted by the ghost of Elizabeth Gaskell and she's working on her next book right now.
1: And the light switch is not in the room. So to go and stop the noise, you have to walk the entire length of this dark room and just go and flip this little box shut. Like, no,
2: (laughs) silence. (laughs) So I think for those reasons, like that might be, that might be my favorite room, but it's really hard because I just, I really love that house.
1: So Gaskell's house is about more than just the individual rooms that make it up and the furniture that's in there. So we wanted to know from the volunteers what their favorite objects or anecdotes about the Gaskell's were.
8: Uh, I, (laughs) oh, favorite Elizabeth anecdote. I, I think I always love the Charlotte behind the curtain story mm. just because I know what I'm like with my friends and kind of go oh no come out come out come out come out and I can see a lot of my friends being a bit more hidden away and I could see that being me kind of going and try to cover, and I could see that being a very me thing to do in the same way that Elizabeth did it with Charlotte, and mm-hmm. wanting to push people forward who are amazing. Yeah. Um, so yeah, the Charlotte one, I think, just because, and also because it speaks to a really good friendship, and I love the the idea of friends who people at first glance go, oh, "They're friends." No, mm-hmm. there's lots of depths to people. I love mm-hmm. that they have this amazing, long-standing, supportive friendship. So yeah, yeah. Charlotte.
7: Right, well, the the anecdote, it's not exactly an anecdote, it's more a scene that I love about this room, is um, because I think that struck me from very early on is. what a warm marriage they had, and that they laughed a lot together, the William and Elizabeth, and what a warm and very loving family they were. Not in a sentimental way, because they they educated their daughters, you know, they didn't mess around and gossip them quite, but they loved them deeply, and they educated them to a phenomenal degree. But or and William and Elizabeth are very socially important people in Manchester and nationally, but they love letting their hair down. And there's a lovely scene that Elizabeth describes in one letter where she was sitting playing the piano know over there and William and the four girls were holding hands and dancing together in the middle of the room and to quote Elizabeth and making as much noise as they could and in a way you think yeah well that's being a normal family but in a way it's not very Victorian or what we think of the Victorians is it's not stuffy it shows their great great warmth Um, and I suppose another one that, that that shows the warmth of family life took place in the dining room next door and apparently one tea time they decided to dispense with a formal meal and Elizabeth and some of the daughters decided they would fry some bacon on the open fire. So they set to frying the bacon and to general consternation, the pan caught fire <laughs> and Elizabeth had to make a dash for that window over there which you can see is a sort of French window with steps going down to the garden. So she rushed out and left the frying, burning frying pan on the steps and that's just a thing, it sort of, it humanises the memory of them and it humanised that room to know that that actually happened in that room, you know.
5: For me personally it's the interruptions uh, quote that I can't think of off the top of my head but she talks about being interrupted mm-hmm. all the time when she's trying to work mm-hmm. and that happens to me on a daily <laughs> basis but I kind of smile about it because that's, that's how it is, you know, you are I, start to do some work and the doorbell goes and it's a delivery Mm -hmm. and then I come back upstairs start again and um a volunteer needs some help which absolutely you've got to go and help them and Mm -hmm. then on the way back upstairs a visitor will stop me and Mm -hmm. ask me a question or ask me for something and then I'll end up doing that and then I'll come down to the tea room and I'll go oh yes I haven't actually finished what I I started doing this this morning Mm -hmm. so it's that um I'm not saying I'm becoming Elizabeth, but you do kind of understand that that's yeah. how it would have been for her. She yeah. was trying to finish wives and daughters, and everyone was wanting her attention and wanting her to write things and asking her questions. And um, So for me, it would be that one
0: at
5: the moment. So um,
8: Elizabeth Gaskell uh, took her daughters on her travels, and she also took Anna and her servant with her. Mm-hmm. Um, and so the passports they're written for Mrs Gaskell and daughters, and one servant, and we've got the original passport in the house. Mm-hmm. So you can actually see the, thi- the document that she took with her on her travels to Italy and France, and obviously we've got sketches as well that the daughters have done. We've got mm-hmm. reproductions of both, so it's just this really beautiful idea that, yeah, she went off on her travels, and mm-hmm. she seemed to have this really interesting and independent life, as well as being a mother and a wife as well.
2: Right. Now what's your favourite... Elizabeth Gaskell like fact or story that you is there anything that you keep returning to or
4: oh um, gosh there are lots aren't there there's a story that I've heard, I've heard quite recently which which I, I do sometimes throw in I'm yeah. not quite sure of the date of it but um, you know Mrs okay. Gaskell she seemed to she did like um, social activity. I mean, she was a very gregarious. I think she was quite gregarious. I mean, she really enjoyed going to a ball in Heidelberg when she was on that trip. Um, and a lot of her letters are full of you know mending clothes, altering clothes, the daughter's clothes, um, and, and what to buy for the girls when they went away to school as well. So um, there's, some, there's a story that she sold a, uh, sold a chest of drawers uh, to buy and bought a new hat with the money, and that she was walking down <laughs> the aisle at the, at the Cross Street Chapel. Um, and um, William was either in the middle of his sermon or he was just the pulpit, or they don't don't really have a pulpit in Unitarian churches, but he was leading the service, and he said something like, here's here's Mrs Gaskell with a chest of drawers on her head, (laughs) 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 which I think just epitomises their their sort of... (laughs) teasy jokey relationship so that's I just one that, that i quite like telling <laughs> that's good. I, i've heard that um so yeah that's that's it
0: now i i don't honestly have a, a a favorite anecdote but i have to say when i'm reading her letters it always amuses me when she says well exclamation mark
4: <laughs>
0: yeah
2: yeah
4: she does it in her
5: Oh, the, um, the Times newspaper in the uh, drawing room. Um, I think it's because I've ordered it. it, it it's a, a new one. Mm-hmm. The old ones were getting a bit tatty, but as an object of interest, um, mm-hmm. it's actually fascinating, the whole process of actually buying a historic newspaper as well. Mm-hmm. You can't actually choose a date. You've just got to give them a year. Mm-hmm. And they... Uh, and they'll send you a newspaper of that year. So so that that's interesting. And then you look at it, and at first it's just overwhelming because there's just hundreds and thousands of words, but then you start to read it, and, it, and it's just fascinating. And then are not like adverts for lost dogs and things and lost things in it. It's um, And I believe that the volunteers like it because if it's a quiet day it's uh, it's quite an interesting yeah. read as well. yeah. yeah, and it's good because you can handle it and you can actually read it as a visitor as well mm-hmm. so yeah. yeah I'll go with the times That's and it's one. right next
1: to a very comfortable chair
3: yes it is yeah, <laughs> yeah so you
1: can come in and read
5: it it's not a bad place to sit and read so so there
2: was this really funny bit that was actually cut from that last montage and Hannah it was you um telling this story that Nick, who's one of the volunteers at the, the house, had relayed to you about um, the newspaper that Sally was talking about. Can you tell us a little bit more about that newspaper?
1: Yeah, I think this is my favorite story from the house actually. Um, so there's a gentleman who had been reading one of these reproduction newspapers in the armchair in the drawing room and he fell asleep and kind of awoke with this uh, victorian newspaper on his lap in this <laughs> like early victorian room just kind of sat chilling out and was just like "Where, where am i what's happening <laughs> Why, <laughs> what, have i time traveled <laughs> right <laughs> i love that that's how comfortable and welcoming the house is that you can fall asleep in it and then not know where you are Wake, yes. wake up. I guess that's why none of the bedrooms have been decorated because people would just be hopping into the bed. But it wasn't always, you know, the house didn't just spring out of the ground like no. in this perfect condition. There's this whole fascinating history about the work that went into it and like the state it was in when they first acquired the property.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Um, so in the 1960s it was actually sold to Manchester University And um, they did this thing where they painted it pink. Great choice. (laughs) Great choice. So there are a lot of people who actually still to this day refer to it as the Pink House. And the Pink House was used actually as a student accommodation for, I think, international students at Manchester University. And the cafe was a nightclub. The cafe was a nightclub. And apparently they threw great parties there. (laughs) The volunteers at Gaskell House are magic. And many of them are actually responsible for the restoration of this house, including Janet, who we heard at the top of the show. She's going to deny it, but she is definitely one of the people responsible. Now, some of the other members of Gaskell Society joined her and they formed the Manchester Historic Building Trust in 2004. And ever since, they have just been tirelessly fundraising and restoring.
1: It was really cool talking to everyone about volunteering at the house because they are so passionate and connected to Elizabeth Gaskell and her family and just to each other as volunteers. What um, got
3: you
2: into volunteering at Gaskell so, House?
3: So I came as a visitor and it was the previous manager. I had no idea about the house. Um, I was just, I think I'd finished watching North and South or something like that. So yeah. Um, I just did a bit of research on Elizabeth Gaskell Mm -hmm. and um, I I came to the house as a visitor on my own, Mm -hmm. met all the volunteers and yeah they persuaded me to start volunteering and I did and I'm still here and I love it so yeah. I'm Molly.
6: And I'm Holly.
3: (laughs)
2: Molly and Holly. Holly. (laughs) Love
6: it. (laughs) Love
2: it. How did you guys start uh, volunteering at Gaskell House?
6: Well, I wanted to volunteer at a heritage site because I do history at the moment mm-hmm. and that's something that I want to go into after I finish university. Okay. Um, our teachers always tell us, like encourage us to like volunteer somewhere because it's good as experience and it's mm-hmm. good on your CV. Yeah. So I googled all the kind of places that I could do it at and mm-hmm. I noticed that this was really, it wasn't far away from where I was. and. I'd actually watched a lot of the adaptations of her novels, Mm -hmm. so I thought I'd go and have a look around and see what it's like, see how the people are, and get to know a little bit more. Um, Molly's my best friend and she's also (laughs) my housemate. Yes. So Me too. (laughs) She's also on my course as well. So so. So people
3: get confused. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like in the
6: beginning around here people got very confused, Mm -hmm. but definitely but I think we've got to know us now so it's much better now what
2: do you love most about volunteering oh golly gosh that's a um, bad
7: one uh this will sound creepy but it's not <laughs> talking to interesting visitors like yourselves lovely knowledgeable people to work with there's a great camera we feel that you know we feel you feel that you, you would like i would like to live in this house and i feel it's it's people with my friends and they're very good company and very interesting i've learned so much from other people mm-hmm. and our visitors are fantastic they're interested they're very very different they come from all parts of the world many brought by the interest in literature other just by historic places and so on and mm-hmm. you can have really good interesting conversations and and learn things you know you have somebody who's perhaps a a carpet or a wallpaper expert he'll tell you something about the house that you mm-hmm. actually didn't know mm-hmm. so it's just it's just a fabulous warm friendly place to come to
4: um but the lovely thing about the house is that you can talk about almost anything. <laughs> you can talk mm-hmm. about literature mm-hmm. and Manchester history to people who don't know much about it because the Gaskells were so interconnected with so many other things that happened in Manchester and other influential people in Manchester, particularly through William and the Cross Street Chapel. So there's, it's endless. You can always mm-hmm. pick up things that you do a little bit of extra research on or uh, other links. So it's like a big family of people who are all really interested in this as well. So... Um, and it's just nice. It's just a lovely place to come from every angle.
3: Yeah, would you recommend
2: other people start volunteering here?
3: <laughs> yes, definitely. Um, I've, oh, I always try and drag in people. Um, it's so it, it exceeded all my expectations. I don't. I don't think I could have had a better volunteering experience. I genuinely enjoy my time here, and I think um, that's something really valuable because um, all of us here we, we don't we don't really get anything tangible out of it except from experience and um friendships um mm-hmm. and being the youngest in the house it's so nice to be able to con- connect with people who are older um so we were doing training and i was sitting next to ursula who's 90 and i just yeah. i just can't believe, it's just i never thought i would have a friend who is older than my grandma like mm-hmm. it's just i love it um and you can still connect with them and Um, Yeah, I think the friendships in the house is one of the biggest, um, like, incentives of volunteering home.
2: So Hannah, if you lived in Manchester, mm-hmm. would you volunteer at Gaskell House, and and why? Why would you do it?
1: Okay, so yes, I would, but I'd bring a little Hannah spice to it. I'd uh, okay. I'd, I'd insist on dressing like a servant. Oh, I know you would. And I would just I would be like, oh Lord, who let you in? Hello, <laughs> come on in. Don't sit in the master's chair, but I will tell you a secret. And then I just like I just tell them weird stories. Some of them would be made
2: up. I love that you'd want to do it in character. <laughs> I absolutely would. As the housekeeper,
4: absolutely
2: would not even the housekeeper.
1: Maybe the housekeeper's assistant. Maybe like a oh wow, like, oh wow, low. We're talking low level, low level. That's and amazing. I would I would just gossip.
2: It would just be gossip well you know there's no one in costume except for on specific days guys just to warn you so if you go to gaskell house you're not going to get that that is hannah spice right there just hannah spice i um i would love to volunteer there i'd love to move to manchester as you know you heard back in our on the road episode but um I think because like I just love the well first of all I love the age range in volunteers right you have like yeah. Rana who we heard in that last section who's 17 and then there's Ursula who's 90.
1: Oh yeah and I've just it's crazy as well because I think like society tries to it's, tries to split people up and you just get on like people just get on and we don't give ourselves mm-hmm. a chance to do it and places like Gaskell Gaskell's house just it gives you the chance to meet very different people with very different life experiences from different backgrounds of different ages. And you're just thrown together and you've got this one common interest and it's such a like bonding experience and such a yeah. community. It's amazing.
2: It's instant community. Like we were only there for a couple of weeks, but it's like, as soon as we got there, it's like we were part of a family. Yeah. And so I loved that. Like, I love that we just like instantly met all these people with, yeah. Like you said, different backgrounds, different life experiences, everyone's super passionate about the Gaskells and like Manchester history and literature in general. And so I love that everyone's sort of like researching little things and bringing different things to the table. And depending on when you go and like who's in the house, you're going to have like a really different experience, I think, yeah. each time, like depending on which volunteer you talk to, just because it's like whatever their, their interest and their super knowledge is, you know, like they are going to just like give that to you. <laughs> So I just think it's a really special place um, for those who love literature and just like living history and uh, and cake as well. <laughs> Definitely cake. Now, um, like you pay four pounds and that ticket gets you in for the whole year? Yeah. It's crazy. Yeah. It's amazing though.
8: Yeah. Just buy more cake. Bring a friend.
2: Nice.
1: <laughs> nice. Oh yeah, that's a good... The cake's great. As the, well. cake is the cake great. We it love is
8: great. The cake, oh, I have a hierarchy of cake. Okay. It's orange cake. Okay, yeah. St. Clement's cake okay. is my favourite. Mm-hmm. Joint, second, third, fourth Ooh. are the St. Clement's flan, the cherry bakewell, and mm-hmm. the lemon and poppy seed slice. Okay. Then. We get into the chocolate slice, which I love, but I can't eat a whole one. And that's so rare for me to be able to say about any cake. Okay. And then the other two, which are very popular, but I just don't like, are the coffee and walnut and the uh, carrot cake. I the coffee and I, walnut. I, I liked
1: it.
2: I liked it. I don't like a walnut. coffee cake. We'll have to tri- try tri- the carrot cake. Yeah, now we've got like, yeah. to yeah. try it. I feel like you should, we
8: should have got you to sample all of them so I that mean, you can it, create your own. There's yeah. yeah.
2: There's still time you can yeah. You that oh
8: gosh, I forgot about the pear and almond. Pear and almond is above oh, the chocolate slice. Does it oh. have like
1: bits of pear in it? Yeah, oh, it's, that sounds it's pretty damn gorgeous.
3: Oh, my favorite cake is definitely coffee and walnut. Oh, I love good, the coffee and good. walnut cake. It is. Oh, what's is it hard like about? working
1: around it though?
3: The coffee and walnut cake.
1: Just the cake and, like there's always food to Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I'm like such a, yeah. I'm, I'm a nibbler. I'm yeah, terrible yeah. for it. Oh, the thing about like, work, yeah. yeah volunteering Jeez. on
3: Sundays, um, we always get the leftover cake, so I always just hang around at the end. Like, what and what time
2: does that happen? Typically, um, about, about four,
1: four half four. We, <laughs> we don't have plans to be gone.
2: <laughs> and um, your favourite bit of cake
0: in the in the cafe?
7: Well, well, I'm not really a sweet tooth person, but I have to say I'm partial to wow. the uh, the cherry and almond tart. I think that's pretty good.
0: <laughs> now, do you have a favourite cake in the cafe? I try not to eat any of those cakes. <laughs> They're pretty good. I know. What about you? What's your favorite? I like the coffee and walnuts. Oh, well, I like coffee and walnuts. You enjoy the St. Clement yeah. cake? That's good too. <laughs> That's good too. Actually, I did have some cake today, which was left over from yesterday, which was um, poppy seed and lemon. That's yeah. also very nice. Oh, that's delicious. delicious. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely delicious. Yes.
8: I'm
1: <laughs> not Man, hearing about those cakes brings just every delicious slice after slice that we ate at that house just come flooding back i'm overwhelmed lauren I what was
2: what was your favorite one so i know i said repeatedly in the montage that it was the coffee and walnut cake which i love but, but like one of my favorite gaskell house memories is that day that we were there and um like when they brought the cakes in mm-hmm. and um we got the little bits of the brownie. Yeah, Remember there were like I, the little edges? Yeah.
1: I was going to say, is it the brownie edges? Man, I <laughs> ate my way in brownie edges. I think it's <laughs> brownie edges. <laughs> uh, well, because we just got to the stand in the kitchen and eat little scraps of brownie and just chat and drink a
2: cup of tea. And yeah, it was cool. Yeah, it was really great. Just uh, so that's, I think it might be the brownie, but I mean, all the cakes that we had were delicious I don't know what about you
1: that I think it was the Saint Clements cake just because we've been traveling for so long didn't know what to expect I know it might not seem like it but I'm a little shy around new people (laughs) we go in and Sally is just like hey sit down have a slice of cake have some coffee like we're gonna take care of you and I just instantly was like this is where I should be they're giving me cake this is yeah absolutely I kept eating that candied orange thing on the top and i could never tell if you were meant to and it was chewy
2: yeah i don't know if that's just decoration or um if you're meant to eat that but hey i mean you seem to enjoy it so i love it (laughs) so like just like the brownie story i feel like there were just a a thousand little moments from our gaskell house week that um yeah, I just didn't make it into this episode, sadly, because just there were too many things or too many special times. Yeah. So um, I just picked a couple, like three more clips just that I want to play for you guys just to give you a little taste of like what what happened that week or what we discussed that week.
8: I think I've been here a few times when we've had descendants send them the Gaspel's visit as well. Okay. And... I'm sure Marjorie told you the bridal story. Yep. Yeah,
2: she did. She didn't tell us on record though. Oh, oh. <laughs>
8: that is just yes, because we've got Elizabeth Vale. And um, a young girl, well, a young, a, an older woman came in um, who had worn it for her wedding. And apparently it's a tradition within the family to wear the veil. Um, and she brought, I think it was her daughter or a granddaughter with her. And the granddaughter was only about 12 and had flat out refused. She said she'd never want to wear that, um, which is so sad. I think sad. it's beautiful. Yeah, it's it's so a beautiful, beautiful veil. And you do get the feeling that down the line, she'd be like, oh yeah, of course
2: I will yeah. <laughs> yeah, she may change her mind. Yeah. Get a picture in it. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I
8: mean, how could you miss out on something so delicate, even if you're not a particularly girly girl? I mean, right. It's just gorgeous, of history. Mm-hmm.
0: But the funny, the interesting thing about her books is that she never writes the same thing twice, you know. She's, she's always looking at a different angle, a different idea, something like that, you know. She hasn't got a formula that she, she turns out. However good, you know. I mean, Trollope is a brilliant writer, but he's got a formula. Right. You know what you're, exactly what you're going to get when you read a, one of the Barchester novels or something like that. But anyway, there
1: we are. Do you know much about him uh, recording the Lancashire dialects and um, uh, transcribing them? Because there's the audio clip in that read. I just
4: really know that um, he used to help her with her dialects. So okay. I, I, I sometimes tell the story of Ruth, which has got very Strong Yorkshire dialects in it, and how he helped her with that. Um, and I know he lectured on dial his work on dialects when he was lecturing at the um, um, to the working men and, and at the institute, um, working men's organisations and the institute. So I know it was a really something he was really keen on. I don't know how much he published, whether he published. Okay. I don't know that he published some poetry and stuff like that. Um, but yeah, it's, it's it's another part of that story in that in that room definitely. Cause, because then you can talk about the books a little bit. Yeah. yeah. Um, because you can see his writing in some of the, in some of the books. Mm-hmm. And, and there's one letter that she wrote somewhere where she said, I've written this without, I'm trying to get this out the door without William seeing it because he, was, he sort of corrected her
2: letters.
1: Four a day, some very hard to walk, never a pleasant look, looking talk his conscience, it may fail him, and his heart, it may give way. A nine a
2: So, Hannah and I would like to give a very special thanks to all of the staff and volunteers at Gaskell House who made us feel so welcome. We were just in your face for the week with a recorder, you know, being ridiculous. So, our, all our love to Sally, Esther, Rana, Janet, Gail, Philip, Jackie, Molly, and Holly.
1: And if you guys want to meet these wonderful volunteers, then tickets to Gaskell's house cost just £5 for adults. Concessions are £4. That includes senior citizens and students. And children under 16 are free when accompanied by an adult. And the really sweet thing about these tickets is that they are available, uh, they're valid, sorry, for 12 months from the date of purchase. So you can buy a ticket and then for the rest of that year go in and out of that house for a fiver. Like, that's such a good deal and you don't have to just be in Manchester. Like I could buy a ticket once and then the next time I'm in Manchester, swing by and eat that St. Clement's cake.
2: Yeah, it's crazy. Um... Especially because, like, the first day we were there, we were talking to people who just, you know, they come to the house and just paint or sketch or, like, read. They just, you know, like, yeah, I kind of, like, toured the house, had my fun. Now I just, like, come to the cafe and I like to hang out because it's a nice place to sit and, yeah. and work. So I think that's really lovely. Um, so, yeah, if you live in Manchester and you can do that, go for it. If you would like to be a little bit more involved and actually, like, join this community... They host um, a creative writing group. They have a sewing bee. They have a Horizons ladies group. They have a Victorian book club. That sounds amazing. So, I mean, you should just go to their website and see, you know, what's on. And Hannah, where would they find that website? If you want to find the website, it's
1: http colon forward slash forward slash uk forward slash
2: true story and what about social
1: media <laughs> you can find them <laughs> at gaskell's house on twitter that is gaskell's house with an s because the house
2: belongs to more than just elizabeth Gaskell. there you go and if people want to join our community bonnet to dawn how do they do that
1: As always, you can find us on Instagram and Twitter at bonnets at dawn. You can email us bonnets at dawn at gmail.com and you can come and find us on Facebook by searching bonnets at dawn in the search bar and answering just a very small question. Whose team are you on? Brontes, Gaskells, you've got to come in. The Austins are taking over. Let me tell you,
2: we are winning. (laughs) Seriously. Hopefully, we'll get a few more Team Gaskells after this episode. We would like to thank you for joining us on this little tour of Gaskell House. And uh, please be sure to join us next week when we talk something Bronte, Austin, or Gaskell at you. Bye. Bye.